it had been an unforgettable day for two friends of Jesus. They had just seen the, the tragedy of his arrest and then, then the horror of his death. But now it's all over. It's, it's finished. It's, it's, it's done with. And as they walked along the road that afternoon, their day was going to get a whole lot more memorable for them because as they walked, they talked. They talked about all the events of the last three or four days, about how Jesus, their teacher, their friend, their companion, the guy they had spent the last three years with had been arrested and crucified just on these trumped-up charges. This guy was innocent. Everybody said he was innocent, and yet they still nailed him to a cross. But now they're rumors. Women are saying that his body's gone. They're saying that Jesus is risen from the dead, that actually he is alive. These guys, they, they can't really understand it, and they're, they're talking about it. They're, they're just chatting it over. And as they walk, a stranger comes and joins with them and begins to walk alongside them. And he says, what are you talking about? And their reaction speaks volumes. They stood still, and their face is downcast. Ironically, this was Jesus. Jesus had joined them on the road. He was walking alongside them. They didn't expect to see him, and they did not recognize him. They didn't really believe that Jesus could possibly be alive. They didn't really believe the story of these women. How could they? It seemed impossible. In fact, their physical inability to recognize Jesus was surely a picture of their spiritual inability to recognize the risen Christ, the one who really will redeem Israel, the one who really will save this world from their sins. And this stranger, he began to talk to them about the Scriptures. It must have been the most amazing Bible study that they had ever had, but this pair, they still didn't recognize or understand what is going on, but they did invite Jesus to come and have some food with them. Not because they recognized Him, it's just kindness. And what happened next and what Jesus did next changed everything. At the table they sat, and he took some bread, and he blessed it, and he broke it, and he gave it to them. And their eyes were opened. <laughs> they recognized him. Could it really be him? No, it definitely was him. Perhaps their mind went back to a few days earlier, the last time they'd sat around a table when Jesus had taken bread in a similar way and he had blessed it and broke it and gave it to them. Was that what jogged their memory? Was that what made things fit back together? Perhaps it was the words that Jesus spoke to them along the road, the scripture that he had spoken over their lives. Perhaps that's what it was that made things fit together but they recognized Jesus for who he really was by the Word of God written in the Scriptures as Jesus quoted it to them, but also by the Word of God made visible in the Lord's Supper. 
and then he's gone. He's, he's just disappeared from their midst. I can imagine they must have just stood and sat and just looked at each other for a minute, just shocked, amazed, just wondering. And they said to each other, were not our hearts just burning within us as we talked, as He talked with us on the road, as He opened the Scriptures to us? You know, just like those two men, we need to recognize the risen Jesus. As we spend time in God's Word, that's helpful. As we remember what Jesus did for us on the cross, of how He rose again, that is helpful. But actually, we need God by His Spirit to open our eyes, that we would see the risen Jesus, who He really is. And these guys, they are so excited. They cannot believe what they have just seen. Jesus is alive, and in one encounter with the risen Jesus has changed everything for them. In fact, they begin to realize it is true. The Lord has risen. Jesus Christ is alive. He's alive. And knowing that Jesus is alive really will change everything in your life as well. Because if it is really true, if it is really true that Jesus died on the cross for our sins, if it's really true that He rose again from the dead, if it's really true that He ascended up into heaven, that He sits at the right hand of God, if that is true, in fact, because that is true, it demands a response from each one of you and from me. And what happened on that cross is the most amazing and glorious event in all of world's history, the most mysterious and yet agonizing transaction that took place because the sin and the filth of your life was placed on Jesus. On the sinless, perfect Son of God was heaped the sins of this world. All of your sins, past, present, and future, was placed on Jesus Christ. So when God looks on His Son on the cross, He doesn't see His Son. He sees your sin. And the punishment of God, the wrath of God was poured out on Jesus, the full force of God's justice the punishment that you deserved was taken by Jesus. He died there for you. It was the great exchange. It was the ultimate substitution. It was mission impossible. If you've seen the film, Tom Cruise, in some of the films, he, he puts on a face mask. He, 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 he's able to, to change his voice with a voice changer in some shape or form, and he takes on the identity of somebody else. And what happened on that cross in an even more amazing way is that Jesus put on your sinful identity, and God dealt with your sin in Jesus. The Bible says in 1 Peter 1 verse 18, for Christ also suffered once for sin, the righteous, that's Jesus, for the unrighteous, that's you and me, that He might bring us to God. 
And when you realize that your sin actually separates you from God, and you accept that Jesus is the only solution to that problem of sin, and you repent from your sin, that simply means you turn from it. You realize that Jesus' way is actually better than your way. And as you come to him by faith and you accept him, he accepts you. In fact, he loves you and he forgives you because of all that he did for you on the cross. And the amazing thing about this, you don't deserve it. You don't earn it. This is a free gift. When you give your life to Jesus, God no longer sees you as you really are. He sees Jesus' grace and truth because your sin has been dealt with on the cross. Now, people respond to free gifts in different ways. We've been out in the streets, as you saw earlier on, on Good Friday, we're giving away free Easter eggs. Some people struggle with that. Some people, when a stranger walks up to them and gives them a free gift, they they sort of either back away or they they look at you for a little while. Do they take it? Do they not take it? They're not quite sure what to do. And and people feel uncomfortable, don't they? It's just, they, they often refuse it. Some then stop and stare for a while. They're very suspicious. Is there a catch here somewhere? But eventually somebody does take it. Now, there are good reasons why we don't want to take free gifts or free money, or even free cream eggs, either embarrassment or fear. Maybe we just don't need it. But there's a more important question. Why don't people accept the free gift of Jesus' forgiveness? The answer is probably very similar. To accept forgiveness, it first of all means we need to admit that we are sinners. Others think, is there a trick here somewhere? Is there a catch? Thinking perhaps there's some small print written in the Bible somewhere that actually has got extra conditions. Others think, why do I need forgiveness? I'm doing okay by myself, thank you very much. But the forgiveness and the grace that comes through Jesus Christ's death and resurrection is available to everyone. But only a few choose to accept it. Like the offer of money, most people walk on past, they may put their heads down. Only a few take the step to put their trust in Jesus Christ. I wonder, will you today? Today, this is Resurrection Sunday. We celebrate the risen Jesus, but we're doing it in an amazing way because in a few minutes, we've got two folks who are going to be baptized, a real celebration of what God has already done in their life. And Colin, he's not leaving. You okay for a second? (laughs) And Chloe is going to uh, be sharing in a moment what God has, has done for them. And baptism is seen in all different types of, of churches, whether in Orthodox, whether Roman Catholic, whether Protestant. But you know, there's there's many significant differences in the way in which baptism is, is carried out by different people. So, most of you, I'm sure, have been to a christening or to some sort of infant baptism where a baby is, is, is sprinkled with water. We don't do that here. The reason why is we believe that the Bible teaches that baptism is only for those who have already responded to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. See, baptism in itself will not save anybody. Only Jesus Christ will do that but is a powerful sign 
a declaration of saving faith. The Greek word baptismo literally means to plunge, to dip, to immerse. And there's going to be lots of water involved when you immerse someone. And as you'll see in a few minutes, that the expectation that these people are going to get very, very wet. <laughs> completely immersed under the water. In fact, in the New Testament, they used to go down to the local river and baptize people there. We have the luxury of actually warm water, clean water, right here in church. So uh, you could all be quite relieved about that, particularly for those who are going into the water. But there's nothing magical about the amount of water that we use here. There's nothing magical in the water itself, but it is significant because of what the water symbolizes. Water baptism is a picture of joining Jesus in His burial, but also in His resurrection. So, Romans 6, verse 3 to 4, Paul describes in a sentence what it means to know Jesus. It says, do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into His death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism in death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. So what you're going to see in a moment is those that are going to be baptized, they're going to go under the water just for a few seconds, then it's a public picture of dying with Christ, of being burying, of burying our sins with Him, and then they're going to come back up again, sharing in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Our sin stays buried, but we are raised to newness of life. So in being baptized, it's a very clear demonstration that we want to be cut off from the grip that sin has over our lives. So who should be baptized? Well, baptism is for those who've realized that they need Jesus and that they want to follow Him. So I want to invite both Chloe and um, Colin to come. First of all, Chloe's going to come and just share their story of what, of what God has done within their life. I'm going to do a little interview, so I think Rachel and Chloe together are going to be coming and uh, little chat, and then Colin's going to come and share his story of what Jesus has done in his, in his life. Okay, Chloe? She's a little nervous, so be, be, be kind to her. <laughs> My life before becoming a Christian... Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> My life before becoming a Christian was a lot harder. It had a lot more challenges, including um, a range of boundaries. One was with anxiety, the second, depression... And at my worst, I had suicidal thoughts. That was then, but now I was invited to um, Devoted 2015. It was there that I got given a prophetic word um, in Amplify, the kids section. And it was a teenage girl with a razor to her wrists, not thinking she's worthy of anything. It was then that I realized I needed to let all the boundaries down and I needed to accept God and say that he was the root. And that's why I want to get baptized. Amen. How are you? Thank you for coming today. Um, it's, um, it's amazing to see everybody here. I'll tell you a little bit about myself. Um, I came to Jesus two years ago. 
when I realised that my life had just collapsed. Every which way that I looked, it was black. Um, from the age of 10, I hit the streets, alcoholic parents, lost, completely lost, grew up. I was an adult by the time I was 13. Um, I was a taker. I wouldn't love anyone. I didn't want anyone to love me. I didn't believe in myself and hated everyone else. Trust was gone. I didn't have trust in my life at all. Um, I became a drug addict at the age of 23. Um, and was stuck on heroin until I was 47 years of age. There came a point in my life where I was tired, I was weak, spiritually, mentally, physically, couldn't take any more. Along the way, I've had little, I've had little insights into God. Weirdly enough, I had, I had two dogs called Cain and Abel. And I, and I didn't understand that God was saying, hey, come on, it's time. But I didn't believe it. Even when I first came to church, I believed everything was a conspiracy. I'd not even ask questions, but someone was preaching and, and they'd answer a question I'd not even asked. And I was convinced that the rehab that was in was actually ringing the church and saying, we'll tell him this. <laughs> and then he might come along. The same happened <laughs> when I came back a few months ago. Um, when I had a few questions that I brought up in a community group in Winsford. And the answers appeared on the TV at three o'clock in the morning. And I was like, it's a conspiracy. They've been on the phone to California this time. <laughs> um, I'm free of my drugs. I'm free of not trusting. I'm free of not loving. I'm free of not believing in myself, in other people. I'm free to love people. I love everybody here. You're Jesus' family and that's part of my family. I've never felt accepted in anything that I've ever done. I've always felt different. I've always felt I wasn't good enough. I've always felt that I'd be ridiculed for the things that I'd done in my past and maybe for the things I'm going to do in the future. But I know that's not the case anymore. Like we said today, Jesus has forgiven me. He loves me for the person that I am, for the mistakes I'm going to make. I know I can come home, and I know that Jesus loves me regardless. Things that have happened in my life since, since I found the Lord, I've started to work with amazing people, four amazing people. I've been given such a passion. The love for me is, is better than the tastiest cheesecake. It's that walk to work in the morning with a quick step. It's looking at people and being grateful. It's going into work wanting to see the people that you're going to go and see. And it's feeling tired at the end of the day, but grateful that I can put my head on the pillow with no worries. Yesterday morning as I was eating my healthy breakfast of pineapple and ham pizza. <laughs> and and garlic bread. <laughs> I actually said to Jem that I honestly don't have a care in the world. And I've not had that for 48 years. I feel in my heart that I've ignored a lot of, of messages from the Lord. 
I believe that is now put me on a path that's not straight. It's not going to be all downhill. When I first came to church, I was saying the words, but wasn't quite sure what they meant. Now that I know if I say a prayer for you, if I touch you and I say something and I ask, ask the Lord to do something for you, I feel it inside my heart. And I know that he's listening. With all my heart inside, I know. It's not that I believe, I feel. And that is so different. When I come to church on a Sunday, I don't want to go home. Because I just need to fill up. And it's nothing to do with Jem's cooking. <laughs> it's, I just feel so full of the Lord in my life. I'm so grateful. I'm, I'm not afraid anymore. And that's something that I've always been, is afraid. I've been angry. I've been a violent criminal in my past. And I've, I've watched it all ever way. And I feel, I'm just so full of love for everyone. A passion for everyone to do well. To hopefully bring Jesus into their lives. If they can feel just a tiny bit of what I feel when I wake up in the morning. It's a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer. So, I'm going to be getting baptised. Hence shoes. I thought I'd get baptised in style. Again, I'm really grateful for you coming today. I'm grateful for the good Lord being in my life. Knowing that he'll never turn his back on me, no matter how bad I am, no matter how good I am. He's going to love me just the same. I just ask that anybody that hasn't got Jesus in their lives, just open your mind. Don't accept anything straight away. Open your mind, have a look. And you will find the answer, that's a promise. Thanks very much for your time. Chloe, uh, I were up very early this morning because I knew you were getting baptised to put the heating on. <laughs> because everybody who knows Chloe, she has a jacket on even in summer. <laughs> no, she gets cold, but... Uh, it's just a little, a little glimpse of how much we care, but it's just a little glimpse of how much God cares. And in the Bible, I'm going to use the Amplified Version, yeah? In the Bible it says, cast your cares, your anxieties, your worries, your future hopes, on God because he cares for you and the other word that I felt was he's given you the right to become a child of God in Jesus name we just we just pray and then we're going to just baptize father we want to thank you for this girl for her story for her her desire to follow you and father we pray Lord that she remembers this day it would be a significant marker within her walk with you lord father just pray your blessing over her now father we thank you that you love her that you care for her so much in jesus name so chloe on profession of your faith we baptize you in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit Amen. Colin, God's given you the power of redemption. It's the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. 
and he he raised you from the dead and it's that same power that that he's given you to minister to other people to raise them from from death just going to pray father just thank you for for this man of god lord thank you that you have worked in his life that you are working in his life and that you will work in his life lord and we want to pray father to see lord is this day is is lord significant lord in his christian calendar lord that it would be a marker, Lord, of all that you have done and, Lord, all that you are going to do. And, Lord, we just want to pray, Lord, just blessing upon blessing upon him. Father, just as he grows in you, as he grows in Christ-likeness, Lord, that you would continue to nurture and to develop him. And, Lord, we thank you that you will. We thank you, Jesus. So, Colin, on profession of your faith, we baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Just before they go to get dry, just gather around, just lay hands on because I believe the Spirit of God is going to break out. <laughs> and just empower these guys. Spirit break out And break our walls down and spirit break out and heaven come down spirit break out and spirit break out we call on you lord and break our walls down and spirit break out And heaven come.